Welcome back to the sixth Borough Wrestling Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Lockwood Rafa Rispo, along with, I'll introduce myself. I am the Cross County Kid, the mouth of the South Hudson, Greg Casal. That was a nice intro, Greg. Hey, the list is going to keep it was a, It was an introduction of royalty, my friend. Right. That's what our topic is this week, royalty. It's our King of the Ring episode. So, this week in 1993, the King of the Ring became a pay-per-view event going from just a tournament from live events and, uh, you know, the right to be called the king to a pay-per-view event and uh, the WWF at the time decided to uh, roll with it. It was a a big success. So we're showing uh, some, I guess, like appreciation to it. Right? Yeah, of course. Because I always thought it was a crap idea for them to ditch the King of the Ring idea. Um, I always liked that pay-per-view and I always liked the idea of it. But there was a little twist I would have added to it. I'll, I'll get to that later on in the show. Absolutely. But we got some fun stuff going. We're about, you know, four beers into our uh, Yonkers <laughs> brew beer we got. Yeah, 914 Yonkers Ale from Yonkers Brewing Company. Um, I uh, went downstate this week and visited family in Yonkers, New York, and uh, picked up some Yonkers Ale. And, you know, knowing that we were going to record tonight, mm-hmm. decided to introduce it to my man Greg here. That's right. Pretty good, huh? Yeah, okay. and I drank a little more because we had some quite the technical difficulties <laughs> as always. So. Well, listen, it's, uh, it's it's podcast number two. We're, we're trying, man. We're, we're going we're gonna to get it. We're going to get it. But anyway, Greg, how's uh, how's it going? How do you feel about uh, the first show that we did? I feel great about it. Uh, I enjoyed recording it, and I was excited about it then, and then hearing it back live when it hit the, the internet. Uh, was even better, and all the feedback, and all the people liking our Facebook page, and everything. Positive support and feedback has been great, and it's been a great ride so far, and it's only begun. I tell you what, it's a lot of work, isn't it? <laughs> it's a hell of a lot of work. Holy shit! We, um, you know, we knew it would be a lot of work. We knew it, we knew it would be a lot of work, but um, we're having fun, man. Like like interacting with. You know our friends and our family, who's you know given us a lot of uh, a lot of cool feedback. Like uh, one of my friends, uh, Clay, he uh, he messaged me and said, you know, man, great job. He you know he he gave us some uh, you know pointers and some ideas he might have. You know we might you know be able to take from him, and 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 that was pretty cool, man. I really liked that he gave us some in depth feedback. So that we like more of that. We want more of that. And then my man Darren, who I uh, I actually was on a, uh, a a podcast for my favorite uh, Italian soccer team, and this guy was with me uh, along the way, and he's a big wrestling fan like like we are uh, from from out in England, and he messaged me saying that once it hit Spotify, he was able to play it, and uh, he loved it, man. He I asked him a few questions about the King of the Ring, and we'll get into that later. But uh, we had a nice little chat today. So thank you, Darren. Thank you, Clay. Thank you to everybody who's reached out to us personally. And uh, we're only going to, you know, we're only going to try to get a little better here. You know, we 
got some pretty cool, innovative ideas. Um, Greg, what we're doing today is we're going to talk to King of the Ring, like we mentioned. So, um, yeah, it was my idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it was. <laughs> was it? <laughs> you, you come up with some ideas. Yeah, see. I contribute every once in a yeah, while. Yeah, well, the funny story is that you told me we should do a King of the Ring show, and, and I was thinking about it, but I was like, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. We'll see. You know. But no, but Greg came up with it, and, and then from there we, we, we you know snowballed a few ideas. And um, I'll fast forward just a little bit. WWF, WWE hasn't done a King of the Ring tournament in over four years, uh, and we figure that you know if they're not going to do it, why don't we do it, right? Exactly, of course. And uh, we figured what better way to do it than uh, to involve the new wrestlers of the roster today. Um, so we loaded up uh, 2K19. And, yes, sir, uh, we did. We did some random um, picks. Uh, we did four guys from Raw, four guys from SmackDown um, in the tournament. And we're going to do a simulation through the tournament. As the podcast rolls on, exactly, we're going to simulate the matches. Multitask. We're multitasking. So we're going to be recording this show and watching these matches unfold. And we'll keep you posted. So what we have right here is we're going to have SmackDown versus Raw wrestlers. Actually, we're gonna do we're doing Raw versus Raw in the first round. It'll be Raw, Raw, SmackDown, SmackDown. So basically, we got the Miz and Baron Corbin. They're gonna be going at it, and then Roman Reigns and Shinsuke Nakamura. So two Raw, two SmackDown. Yep. So my man Ziggler, and the new guy Alistair Black, and then the. Uh, Monster Among Men, Braun Strowman is going to be taking on the best in the world, not CM Punk, Shane O'Mac, Shane McMahon. Alright, so Miz, Corbin, Reigns, Nakamura, Ziggler, Black, Strowman, McMahon, first round of the King of the Ring, and uh, we're going to start that now as we continue. All right. So Ralph's starting that with no technical difficulties. There you go. Shout out to Post Malone. That's right. <laughs> Featured on the 2K19 soundtrack. Yes, sir. Yep. So while that loads up, let's get started, my man. So That's let's right. talk a little bit about the King of the Ring and the history of it. So the first King of the Ring was back in 1985. And um, it wasn't a pay-per-view event, but it was just a tournament that would be like at a house show. The winner of that was The Rock Don Morocco. Uh, then in 86 was Harley Race. Now, the thing with Harley Race in 86 is that he continued on with a king's gimmick. He did. He did. So he, ha- he held the king's crown, so to speak, up until about uh, you know 1987. WrestleMania three actually, was when he so to speak, lost the King's crown to the Junkyard Dog. But then the Junkyard Dog destroyed the crown. And then Savage would win. Randy Macho Man Savage would win it in 1987. There you go, baby. Macho Man. I had to load up the Macho Man's music. Come on. Who doesn't want to hear the Macho Man's music? Macho Man Randy Savage would win the tournament in 1987, defeating King Kong Bundy. Later on, he would take 
the, the gimmick of the Macho King on, but that's not as a result of his King and Ring win. We'll get to that later. 1988, the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase would beat Macho Man Randy Savage in the final. And then in 89, Tito Santana would face Rick Martel, the Strike Force. <laughs> yes. we, we mentioned them last week. They exploded. And then it took a little break. It, it was an every other year thing. In 91 and 93, Wreck the Hitman Hart won it. But let's get to the 93 one. Um, that was the first uh, pay-per-view, actually. Right. For for the King of the Ring. <clears throat> Between that time, the King's crown would be defended. Um, and Savage would win it. He would be called the Macho King. Uh, I believe before that, it was Hacksaw Jim Duggan who won it. Um, he was King Hacksaw. You had Haku. We, who, he, <laughs> we debated about that last week, actually. We did. See, I had thought that uh, Haku had lost to... Macho Man, but in reality, he had lost to um, good old Hacksaw, who is from good old Glens Falls, New York. Glens Falls, New York, man. It's 20 minutes from where I live, where we sit and, and do this podcast right now. That's right. You go to Poopy's Restaurant. He's got a nice <laughs> autograph. Poopy right. Yes, sir. So, uh, you know, Hacksaw being from where we are right now. You know, that's a big deal. He's a big deal up here. And, um, you know, he's he can say that he was a king, but he never won the tournament. So basically, the whole premise of the king's crown at that point, when the king of the ring tournament went on like an every two-year phase, uh, you know, the crown was being defended. And uh, then I guess the WF decided to go with the pay-per-view, huh? That's right. 1993. So, so we'll talk about the tournament, but um, let's talk about one of the main parts of uh, that, um, yeah. hey. that pay-per-view. That was a big one. It was set, set to be a match from um, a turnaround match from WrestleMania 9, Yokozuna versus... Hulk Hogan in his final match in the WWE before he went off to Thunder and Paradise. I mean, WCW. My Yokozuma. That's right. He's going to take the WWF championship from you, Hulkamania, and kill it. Get that camera away from me. <laughs> so the camera explodes in Hulk Hogan's face after Yokozuna kicks out of the big leg. He kicked out of the big leg. I can't believe it. That's right. They said people were crying uh, and kids were crying, but I didn't see one tear in the audience. The only thing I saw was some guy in a Hulk Hogan outfit in the front row. Oh, that same off. guy's always there. Yeah, I know. He was pissed off. So anyway, Yokoz- yeah, Yokozuna wins the title. And I'll tell you what, that was a big way to start the, You know, this King of the Ring pay-per-view idea, making a, crowning a new champion. You know, at that time, titles weren't really, like, won back and forth. It, you know, a champion held their title for a while. So, this was a really big deal, you know? Yep, yep exactly. And they're promoting them from Dayton, Ohio, the heartland of America. You got a you got Yokozuna representing Japan with Mr. Fuji let me ask killing Hulkamania. Let me ask you a question. How What's, old were you when you watched the uh, I, was, I was 10. You were 10. Did yeah. you realize, did you know he was Samoan when he was wrestling? No. no I, thought he was Japan, yeah, I thought he was Japanese. I thought he was Japanese, too. So, All he had I mean, to do was say, Banzai! <laughs> and that's it, man. Exactly. Fun fact, if you didn't know, he is actually Samoan. He's not Japanese. Ladies and gentlemen, there's uh, 
developing story unfolding in front of us here. Baron Corbin, with the end of days, has defeated the Miz. Oh, so oh there was <laughs> there was a run in. There was a run in. Kofi Kingston. Is that Xavier Woods? I don't know. That's Xavier Woods. Xavier Woods. Well, Xavier Woods tried uh, helping the Miz out there, but it looks like to no avail. Baron Corbin moves on to the what? Baron Corbin with semifinals. Hair? Yeah, he's got, he's got hair in this version. Of Baron the game. Corbin with hair with hair defeats the Miz. <laughs> Uh, funny how you know there was no disqualification called in that one, but anyway, Baron Corbin is your winner. He moves on. Exactly. What were we talking about anyway? We so anyway, talking about the, we were talking about Yokozuna, uh, Yokozuma winning the WWE. My Yokozuma, he wins the WWF championship. That's right. It is funny because if you go back and watch that, it's about the we're gonna here. celebrate in the United States. That's right. You can go back and tell that uh, Hulk Hogan is off the steroids in that one. It was around that time, like WrestleMania. 9. He was trimming down. Yeah, he was trimming down. Yeah. Well, I trimming. mean, you go from there in '93 to exactly one year later, Hogan in the WCW was just like what two seventy five from like three something. something yeah, like that's crazy. All right, so the tournament. Did you? Oh, watch? the actual King of the Ring the tournament. King yeah, Ring man, tournament. what a tournament it was too. Yeah. It was a good one. Exactly. Um. But basically, what I really want to talk about is how well before before we talk about that, I was just let you know that uh, Roman Reigns and Shinsuke Nakamura are set to meet now oh, for the wonderful. for the next. We'll see who uh, runs in on year. this one. There you go. Because <laughs> you didn't turn off interference. Well, we'll see who 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 gets to face Baron Corbin. Exactly. All right. Who will be the King of the Ring 2019? Exactly. I know who six. was. I know who it was in '93. Ah, that was it. Right, that was the best there is. The best there was. The best there ever will be. Brett the Hitman Hart. Yes, and my God, when I went back and watched this for the first time, I have to say, man, I was on the edge of my seat again with the Bret Hart, Mister Perfect. Oh my gosh! You know, and it's funny. I was watching this down. Uh, at my parents' house, preparing for the podcast, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I gotta tell you, my brother, my brother Anthony, was just like invested with me, and he was like, "What's what's going on?" And he caught right at the right at the perfect time, Bret Hart perfect match, and I said, "Just so do me a favor, sit back and just watch this match." Right. And he was in awe, man. Like I know he know, he knows I'm a wrestling nut. He knew it. You know, we, we grew up we grew up with it in the household. Yeah. But he was just like, "Wow, look." at that look at those moves look at that that's gotta hurt and and you know like honestly man they put on they put on a clinic again exactly. from SummerSlam 91 to, to King of the Ring 92. that's what I was just about to mention they have put on some class matches this is I think is a sleeper that people don't remember so if you are in the mood for some good wrestling go back and watch this 93 good wrestling good wrestling good thump you thump you <laughs> 93, King of the Ring, Bret Hart, Mr. Perfect. But you know what I want to segue into? What's that? Mr. Lockwood. What? I, go, like I said, going back and watching this, yes, um, sir. I haven't watched it since um, it aired. Yeah. Um, I was thinking in my head, oh my God, I mean, Jesus, this is going to be a huge letdown with the final match. I tell you what. The Bam Bam Bigelow match and Bret Hart match was good too. Like so, the Hitman faced off against Razor Ramon in the first round. Yeah, 
Mr. Perfect in a second. And I had think thinking going in into semis, yeah, yeah and going into it, I had said they should have swapped. It should have been Perfect and Bret Hart at the end, thinking that him and Bam Bam were gonna, you know, not be as good. Right. But I tell you what, Bam Bam tore it up with. Well, Brad. the way the way also the way the story went, you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, back then, you know, heel face, you got to have a heel in there with. You know the face in in, in the final. Mm-hmm. That only makes sense. But I mean, honestly, dude, like, like I see where you're coming from. But ba- but you're right. Bam Bam Bigelow when Luna Vashon came down and hit Brett with the chair. Yeah, it's not even that. Like it was pretty stiff shots, Bam Bam. Stiff shots, and Bigelow gets the pin. Yeah, he does get the pin initially. Um, Earl also, Hebner comes down and, and exactly. stops it. Good old Earl Hebner. Yeah. Who knew down the road he would be? <laughs> he'd be screwing Bret Hart. But anyways, um, that was a good match too, and um, you know that the big story behind that also was that Bam Bam had gotten a buy because there was a disqualification. I think it was. No, Le- it was a time limit draw. Time limit draw with the Tonka and the, the narcissist Tonka, yeah. over there, yeah. Yeah. and um, so Bam Bam had a lot of rest, but Brett had wrestled already twice, and this was his third match. Mm-hmm. So uh, Brett was, you know, obviously um, winded and tired, and Bam Bam was nice and rested, but. Bret Hart ended up winning at the end, and uh, everything was great until Jerry Lawler came out and uh, <laughs> disrupted Bret Hart's coronation. He said he's the true king of the exactly. WWF. Exactly. But Bret Hart told him that he's nothing but the Burger King. The Burger King. And then he, uh, you know, Jerry the King Lawler put the stomping on Bret. I'll tell you what, it's got to be one of the first pay-per-views mm-hmm. that the WWF had a, a heel win the title. That's right. Brett won the tournament, but, you know, at the end of the tournament, the heel prevailed. And it's like one of those cliffhanger pay-per-views. Like, like oh, my gosh, what's going to happen next? And, and you know, the WWF didn't really do that a lot. You know, even in WrestleMania 9, when they had Brett drop the title to Yokozuna, they had Hogan run in and save the day. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's like, you know, we, we had, uh, you know, the, the hero prevail at the end, and it felt like all the pay per views were like that. And yeah, it this always, was one of a kind, man. This was a sleeper pay per view, I believe. Yeah, it was just it was building to that Jerry Lawler Bret Hart feud that they uh, kept going on. Sure, in the summer. So sure. All right. Well, before we move on to 1994 King of the Ring, I want to update you on our own King of the Ring. That's right. We have As a- we have an upset here. Shinsuke Nakamura has defeated Roman, Roman Reigns, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, no interference yeah. either. We have moved on. Shinsuke we Nakamura on. is on to the next round. Holy smoke. So it will be Baron Corbin, Shinsuke Nakamura in the semifinals. That's right. Now we're on to Dolph Ziggler and Aleister Black, <clears throat> who that was not invited to Saudi Arabia. No, he wasn't. But that would actually be a really interesting contest in real life, wouldn't it? Yeah, of course. Anything Dom Ziggler does is good. Sure. Well, I, I really like Aleister Black as well. Yeah. I'm a big fan of his. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really not. <laughs> oh, that's too fucking All bad, right. isn't it? Yeah. Let's All go right. to 94. 1994 right. saw Baltimore, Maryland host right. the King. Of hearts, ladies and gentlemen. What one brother does, the other does just as good. Owen Hart. Owen Hart took on... Who did he take on? It was... Uh, I'm trying to think without looking at my notes. It was the, yeah, the, he, the kid was in the semifinal, though. 
No. Yeah, he beat Rick. He beat. No, he beat the kid in the semifinal. Hundred percent. This is well. This is well uh, prepared notes we have. Hundred percent. Anyways, let's talk about this. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, so so some highlights of this one, yep. right? Um, Art Donovan. Art Donovan. Or as, I'll let you handle it. Or as, <laughs> as Gorilla Monsoon called him, Art O'Donnell. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Art Donovan, a, a Baltimore football player, an old gentleman at that point in time, 1994, 25 years ago, was color commentator with Gorilla Monsoon and the Macho Man Randy Savage. And I got to tell you, some of the funniest, funniest commentary, just because of his, his, um, just his naive attitude towards the business. He, like, his... His what's that called? Like how how do how do you say that when someone's just so naive to the business? Don't you know, know anything. yeah, he's yeah. Just, he's just literally sitting there watching the action, and it doesn't even know what the hell is going on. It was hilarious. It was funny because everybody who came out, he asked, "How much? How much that guy weigh? <laughs> oh, he could be a football player. Did you guys act like this when you were in the ring? This guy's huge. Anyway, they killed each other out there." I wanted I wanted to actually ask you something. What did you think about the um, Bret Hart Diesel match at that paper? I thought it was a good match. Um, Diesel was actually we forgot to mention in '93. Diesel was like given his name at the King of the Ring in 1993. Yeah, exactly. What yeah, did you even watch the event? No, I did. No, yeah, it was a horrible match. The the Brett Diesel yeah, match yeah, that was not I mean the, Diesel not, wasn't his no you know what it was best they but. had their great match at SummerSlam what was it ninety five no Survivor Series Survivor Series ninety five yeah, yeah that was their good match this was a little before Diesel um, well Diesel won, little, he won the Intercontinental title that's right but he, this was a little premature I think uh, it was a little before Diesel's um, time not time he was again. a little green at that point yeah. he was he wasn't very fine-tuned yet you exactly. know he was given the intercontinental title i think uh something was up with Shawn michaels who knows michaels was in and out of sanity no he was outside. in the he in the 93 to 95s yeah i know it was uh jim the anvil nightheart maybe he maybe corner. oh no 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 i meant yeah yeah you're right you're right but michaels wasn't really wrestling too much at that point yeah he must have been nursing an injury or something Probably. but they decided to give diesel must the intercontinental them, title must have been one of them knee injuries yeah, they, 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 give, they give Diesel the Intercontinental title, and the match was Brett as the champion against Diesel as the Intercontinental champion just for the WWF title. Jim Neidhart's in his corner. Jim Neidhart gets Diesel, gets, sorry, gets Bret Hart disqualified, thus saving Bret Hart's title, but then leaves so Michaels and Diesel can put a number on Brett. Exactly. And it was setting up for later on. That's right. Family is family. Brett needed him. He was there. Essentially, he did his job, keeping uh, you know Bret Hart the champion, and then he made sure Owen Hart beat Razor Ramon in the final. Exactly for the King of the Ring, and the Rocket becomes the King of Hearts. And I'll tell you what, he's one of so Bret Hart winning the King of the Ring in '93, and then having the whole set destroyed. He didn't really, you know, he was always regarded as 1993 King of the Ring, but he never took the moniker on. 
Owen Hart ran with that moniker like it was his own. You know what I mean? Yep. The King of Hearts. <clears throat> Uh, he was wildly successful. Got a good title match at SummerSlam in a cage with Brett. Another classic match that we got to talk about at some point. Um, but 1994 Owen Hart was one of the best things ever. Exactly. And Greg missed it all. <laughs> <laughs> you really had to throw that one. I mean, you know, if you, you didn't listen me to two the weeks first, ago. Yeah, if you didn't listen to the first one, you won't know what we're talking about. But, uh, yeah, I wasn't around there. So. Well, you know, you, you, you get one of your best buds. You're about to start a podcast with. Tell you, I never saw Brett Owen at WrestleMania 10. Yeah, you know, you, you know. you're a little, you're a little screwed up in the head. Exactly. So, so uh, Owen Hart did face um, the one, two, three kid in the semifinals. Um, Owen Hart beat uh, Tatanka in the first round. That's right. Yeah, I told you. Oh, Razor nah, Ramon. You told me, the kid. Yeah, but end. you know what? Kid came out in the end. Remember? He did come out in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, we had that nice uh, Roddy Piper Jerry Waller match. <laughs> that, uh, we won't we won't discuss because that was bad. But you know what was even worse than that? What's that? I, I think we should just skip past this. I really just don't really want to talk about this. So. Do you? You want to talk about ninety five? Not really. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was uh, King Mabel, ladies and gentlemen. Mabel. Mabel <clears throat> defeated Sabio Vega yep. in the final of the King of the Ring 1995, which took place in Philadelphia. And what the hell? I don't know. <laughs> so basically, at this point, I think the WWF was going more like a like a winner of the King of the Ring gets a shot at the title. You know, they kind of teased that moniker. With Bret Hart. Not with Bret Hart in 93. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He wants it all. He wants the, the crown. He wants the title. But the thing is, is that they didn't give Bret Hart the championship match. They threw that all on Lex Luger the next right. month. Because he was supposed to be the next Hulk Hogan. And they held Bret Hart back again because yeah. Vince thought he had a Hulk Hogan in, in Lex Luger. Yeah, he turned out a little better. Uh, of course, but I mean, you know, after that, Owen winning the title, the, the King of the Ring in 94, getting his shot at SummerSlam. Then Mabel winning the King of the Ring in 95, he ended up getting a championship match against Diesel in SummerSlam 1995, if you could recall. That's right. The event, the event that uh, the British No, Bulldog, I don't recall, actually, because I was still not watching. You weren't. That's right. But that was the event where the British Bulldog on the Raw before that turned... And Lex Luger was nowhere to be found, so they were thinking Lex Luger was turning because they were a tag team. Lex Luger shows up at that SummerSlam and then shows up on Raw on Monday Nitro a couple weeks later. That was Lex Luger's final appearance. I think I would rather talk about the uh, Jerry Lawler, Bret Hart, Kiss My Foot match than the King Mabel. Oh, yeah. Jerry Lawler, Bret Hart, Kiss My Foot, where Dr. Isaac Yankum was born. Was born. And died very quickly after. Yes, sir. Well, Dr. Isaac Yankum came around as Jerry Lawler's dentist because Bret Hart shoving Jerry Lawler's royal, nasty, disgusting foot that he didn't shower, that he didn't clean, that he rubbed in crap and garbage (laughs) and swill and soot. That's right. Prepping for that to go down Bret Hart's throat. You know what else is funny? Go ahead and finish. No, finish. no, you go ahead. What was yeah, funny? The other thing I found funny was King Mabel holding the sword. Ah, 
Ah, King Mabel. Yeah, because they, they started out with a scepter, you know, in 93 right. and then 94. And then uh, this one, it was a sword. Um, but what the, a mess that was, man. Yeah, there really isn't much to talk about in the career of Mabel. I mean, the main event of that match wasn't even the Bret Hart Lawler kiss my foot. It was Diesel and Bam Bam Bigelow against Tatanka and Psycho Sid. Exactly. Because they were building off that storyline of uh, Psycho Sid turning on Shawn Michaels. And uh, Diesel came out. Oh, yeah. After WrestleMania 11. Yep. Exactly. But that ended that. Well, you know, honestly, um, 95. Leads into 96. Let's go. Fuck that. Let's get going. I was going to say 95 was one of the worst pay-per-views in history. All right, but let's lead into 96. For one of the best moments in history. Exactly. 96, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't recognize this music, you really need to study up on your wrestling. Because this is Steve Austin's first theme music as the Ringmaster. Yes, sir. He followed the Ringmaster gimmick with the Stone Cold Steve Austin gimmick. First started coming out to this music instead of his iconic glass breaking and, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin music. This was the music he won the King of the Ring with, beating Jake the Snake Roberts in the final. Stone Cold Steve Austin faced the wild man Mark Merrow in the semifinal match, which now at this point in 1996, they were only having semifinal and final matches. They were having quarterfinal matches on Raw. You know what I loved about that part? What would you love about that? Where Vince McMahon goes, I don't care about the wild man. Where's Sable? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Vince McMahon was so in love with Sable. Uh, Of course. (laughs) But anyway, Stone Cold Steve Austin and and Mark Merrow fought. uh, And I got to tell you, Stone Cold had to go to the hospital to get uh, stitched up on his lip. He busted his lip open real good. Comes back. To beat Jake the Snake Roberts, and after the match, no wait, you jumping ahead. I always no, jump ahead. Go ahead. But leading into that, Jake the Snake Roberts is hurt because he actually took on Vader, right? He and Vader ribs. and he hurt his ribs. So going into the match, Steve Austin had went to the hospital, and uh, Jake the Snake Roberts had uh, injured his ribs from Vader. So going into the match, that was they both. We didn't know we'd have a final or not. Exactly. So they were both injured, and actually, Gorilla Monsoon said that he was going to let Jake the Snake continue because of his uh, desire to, you know, win. You know, because it was close to his last run. Yeah. So, um, but we knew, you know, Stone Cold was the better man of that night. Well, let's talk about. um, Let's first talk about before we get to the most iconic moment in history. Yeah. Let's talk about what would have happened had the curtain call not exactly taken place. That actually May. was supposed to be Triple H's spot. So Triple H was supposed to have won the King of the Ring. And, you know, Stone Cold usually praises the click, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, for the whole the whole Madison Square Garden of curtain he call. Praises thing. It. Because he says, had that not happened. Stone Cold would have never got picked to win the 96 King of the Ring. It wouldn't have been against Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake wouldn't have cut a religious promo on him. And we wouldn't have had the most iconic moment. I mean, I remember watching it. And just that that promo just, like, gave me chills when I was watching it. 
don't forget, this is the time, it's right around the time where Scott Hall and Kevin Nash defected to WCW, and now you have the NWO about to form a month later. Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out and just delivers what he delivers. And honestly, like, before the NWO. So... A lot of people credit the NWO for, like, you know, the, 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 the influx in the industry. But really, man, Stone Cold Steve Austin was the guy who started it, right. even before the NWO. I'm sorry. You know, what I, you know what I loved a lot about that promo in actually re-watching it? What's that? That <clears throat> prior to Stone Cold winning the King of the Ring, even Bret Hart, the excellence of execution, <clears throat> they all put on the cape and the crown. Mm-hmm. They all relished in winning. Right. They used the the, moniker as the king. Yeah, exactly. Stone Cold Steve Austin, you got to go home. I'm doing it no justice. You actually have, if you haven't seen this moment, you're living it. Well, if you haven't seen this moment, you should be listening to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. But Steve Austin basically looks at the crown and basically says, fuck your tournament. I don't give a fuck about your crown. And basically says to the crowd, in a nutshell, besides the classic, you know, Austin 316, he's basically saying, I'm doing what I told you I was going to do right. all these all this time along in right. my career. I was going to be exactly who I said I was going to be all this time in my career. And now my time has come. Absolutely. And he said, everybody that is in his way and everybody that, way. Yeah, everybody that is in on the roster – is a marked man. Right. And basically just walked off the stage since after that. So, well, Steve Austin knows that he had the ability to do what he, you know, he could do to get himself over. You know, when you have that, 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 you know, we talked about Dean Ambrose last week, having that, you know, uh, will to, you know, or, I'm looking for the right word. Having to have the ability, yeah, exactly. The ability to not need a script, to go off the cuff, to like you know be his own person, to get himself over. Steve Austin had that, and and the WCW missed it. ECW saw it, but you know even when when he got to Vince, Vince missed it because Vince called him the ringmaster and put him with Ted DiBiase. This this basically is coming out. He basically was coming out saying. I'm going to be the fucking gay superstar that Absolutely. I told you I was going to be that nobody believed in. And, you know, they few. still didn't believe in him because he only got it because the Triple H messed up and he was in the doghouse. Exactly. You know, so, so you know, it took a lot of things to fall into place, but thank God it did because we wouldn't be sitting here having a podcast. I don't think, you know what I mean, if, if it wasn't for Stone Cold Steve Austin – and this King of the Ring, I uh, I was telling you that um, you know I got some messages from friends about the podcast and some feedback, and I got the message from Darren, my buddy. Um, I asked him, you know, uh, I I told him I'd shout him out. So Darren, what's going on, buddy? Uh, he, I asked him what his favorite King of the Ring moment was, aside from <laughs> one that we'll get to in a little while. Uh, and he told me it'll forever be Stone Cold Steve Austin's promo. That's like, everybody's. No, nah, that's oh not. Uh, when you when you think King of the Ring, you think the Hell in a Cell. That's just the way it is. So I told him, besides Hell in a Cell, what was your favorite King of the Ring moment? And that's what he told me. That's that's every smart wrestling fan's favorite is the King of the Ring. 
1996 Stone Cold Steve Austin. What else happened on that night? Undertaker beat Farouk or something like that. No, right? he, he beat the Mankind, actually. No, no. And that, yes, and he that did. wrestling he beat Mankind. That was, was actually it? the beginning of their big feud. Because then they went on to SummerSlam like in, six in the boiler room. In 1996? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, um, see. Did I get one up yeah, on Lockwood? Did, did, you, did you get one up I on did. me? No, you didn't, yes, buddy. I did. Oh, the ultimate. 1996, Shawn Michaels defeated the British Bulldog to retain the title. I bet you, you don't even remember who did commentary during that night, do you? Mr. Perfect. No. Owen Hart. Owen Hart did Mr. Commentary. Perfect was the referee. No, you're right. Event. Mr. Perfect Shawn was Michaels the referee. Was British you're, Bulldog. Right. you're right. That's right. From the return match from Beware of Dog. You are right. See? I think I was. I, I, think a, I, was, I, wouldn't even, I wasn't even no, watching. No, you know what? I was thinking in 1997. I wasn't even I was watching it. Ahead. I wasn't I was watching it. I knew ahead. more than you did. I was jumping what? ahead. Yeah, whatever. Oh, uh, the Ultimate Warrior was at this pay per view. Wasn't yeah, he it? squashed Jerry Lawler. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so what's up with Jerry, Jerry Lawler getting squashed at all these pay per views? Uh, no. And then you got he I... makes such a big impact in '93, and then in '94, '95, and '96, they just take bury him in the dirt. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Right? Well, they also had Goldust making out with Armin and Johnson, but you know we won't. We don't need to go into that detail. <laughs> oh my God! Do you oh, want to update? Our uh, listeners to yes, our tournament. Yes, yes, we do have a winner in the Alistair Black and Dolph Ziggler oh, match. Oh, what a bullshit fucking ending. <laughs> We're just watching the replay. Yeah. Alistair Black hits his high knee. I don't know. There is no called. way he would have beat Dolph Ziggler. And Dolph Ziggler is eliminated here. from the King of the Ring. Alistair Black, ladies and gentlemen, is our third semifinalist. He will face the winner... Of Braun Strowman and Shane McMahon. And the best in the world. CM Punk? No. No. (laughs) All right. Well, 1997. No. We're really going to 97. We're going to 97, buddy. This guy should have won in 96. But he didn't. But you know what? He didn't. And that's okay because things happen the way they're supposed to. 1997, <coughs> excuse me, Triple H, Hunter, Hurst Helmsley, along with the Amazon, the ninth wonder of the world, China. Exactly. He defeats mankind in the finals of the King of the Ring, 1997. Uh, he, too, destroyed the, the well actually there's a story about him in he this didn't want to wear the he crown you don't want to wear the crown they made him like two of them or three of them and he smashed each one of them yeah, the first no. one was over actually two of them were over mankind oh yeah but anyways so yeah that was I actually thought that was a lackluster thing in the ring honestly. it was it was it served its purpose it, it, it furthered the um the feud between Mankind and Triple H, they were going to go on to have a really yep. good cage match at SummerSlam. Yeah, Yet another time when it was supposed to be Brett and Sean, but didn't happen. Right. What are you cracking right now? I'm cracking open 914, baby. Yonkers Vienna-style lager. That's right. 914 opens with a toasty maltiness and finishes with a mild bitterness and subtle hints of noble hop aroma. Wow. Can you say you want sponsorship? I want sponsorship. Anyways. Yonkers Brewing Company. Get at us, buddy. I'm going to hashtag YB Dry in just a few moments. So, for beer, some of those that don't know. Here comes the money, baby. That's right. Shane McMahon. Anyways, um, that event was supposed to be Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels yet again. And that is right. Bret Hart was supposed to wrestle Shawn Michaels, and if he did not defeat Shawn Michaels in 10 minutes, um, he would never wrestle again. 
in the United States or ever again? I no, I, I think it was in the United States. In the United States, okay. Um, but that never happened, so they switched it. And well, it didn't happen because apparently this time Bret Hart was injured. Yeah. So, so the thing is, is that they were supposed to be WrestleMania 13 opponents, and that never, uh, happened. It never happened because Shawn Michaels lost his smile, hurt his knee, all this other good, good shit. So uh, it turned into an- another another event that turned into something that, thank God, it happened because we never would have got Bret Hart, Shawn, Bret Hart, Steve Austin submission match with Ken Shamrock as a ref at WrestleMania. So thank God that happened too. Yeah. But they were setting up King of the Ring match that didn't happen because this time Bret was actually legit hurt. Bret was always hurt, but well, you know what? Bret hurt. Bret hurt. Yeah, Bret hurt. Bret hurt was better. Than guys that weren't hurt. True. So a hurt Brett. I think that's what you're trying to say. Yeah. You know. But um, yeah. So Austin and Sean battled out. I don't even remember. They were tag team champions. They were tag team champions. They beat the Hart Foundation. That was their big thing. Ladies and gentlemen, Braun Strowman has destroyed the best in the world. Holy crap! Already destroyed them. Wow. Where the hell was Drew McIntyre during that whole segment? I don't know, but I'll tell you what, what happened to Shane McMahon. Yeah. He got he got beat. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, your semifinals. Baron right. Corbin, Shinsuke Nakamura, Alistair Black, Alistair Black and Braun, Braun Strowman. Strowman. Who will be the king of the ring? 19, 2019 Six Borough Wrestling Podcast, King oh, of the Ring. They're all horrible. Well, you know, what are you going to do? The w- we got to do what the WWE is not doing. <laughs> That's very true. All right. 1997 uh, also saw, like I mentioned earlier, The Undertaker Farouk. I was just a year uh, a year <laughs> ahead of myself. Undertaker Farouk uh, for, the, for the title. Uh-huh. And um, honestly, that's about it. The card There was really not much left. Yeah. Yeah. 97 I did not like. So. It wasn't until 1998, ladies and gentlemen. Right. 1998. I did like 98. 98. Something happened. What the hell happened? I don't remember. They put a lid on the cage or something. That's right. Oh, that's right. Kane was in a first blood match with a mascot. That's right. That's right. Kane, Kane was in a no-lose situation. That's right. Yeah. I don't know how you're supposed to see blood with a mascot. Well, you know, you can cut his arm or something. Very true. <laughs> That's very true. But uh, I think this guy had a moment in '98. Mankind. Uh, yeah. When you say King of the Ring, you think Hell in a Cell, Undertaker, Mankind. That's it. No ifs, ands, or buts. And that's what that was my point from earlier. Yes, everybody's quote unquote everybody's favorite moment was. I just whipped your ass, Austin 316, 1996. But it's got to be everybody's second favorite moment because I didn't, you know, even my buddy Darren knew, you know, I had to tell him, aside from the Hell in a Cell, what was your favorite King of the Ring moment? It had to be this one. This is, without a doubt, one of the most incredible things I've ever seen in my entire life live. And I just can't, I can't put into words the effort, the effort, the balls, the, 
How do you have, how do you have, balls, how do you have balls like that? You literally get thrown off the hell in the cell. The performance. And about ten, in. and about ten, fifteen minutes later, you basically get thrown through the cage. Right. And and let's put a stop to the Shamrock music really quick. Let's let's stop it. We'll, we'll play him in a minute because he's got he's got a he's got a significant role in this night as well. But Mick Foley apparently didn't even know what he was doing beforehand, you know, like, like he just told Undertaker, uh, okay, throw me off. Yeah. You know, and it's one of the things that JR talks about is that he didn't know it was going to happen because Nobody it's got to be raw, raw emotion. Yeah. Yeah. The incredible turn of events in Pittsburgh that night led to it took mankind from one one from one section of legend to another. You know. Well, that's what I said. I was like like the balls. Like ten minutes later, he's falling through the cage. And if some of you did not know, when he fell through the cage is when he smashed his teeth. Right, the second and, time he yeah, fell exactly. off the cage. Yeah. So he's he fell off the cage within a ten minute span, 10, 15 minute span, um, from the first time he was thrown off the cage. And then it didn't get much better. No. <laughs> uh, thumbtacks. Um, yeah. Thumbtacks. Yeah, he went through hell that night. But I'll tell um, you what, and, and um, you know, Undertaker too, man. I mean, he had his role in it, you know. The way he just kayfabed everybody, you know, and, and like, yep. like his actions of that night. You know, I mean, he's here comes mankind back from a stretcher with all sorts of problems, and you know, you gotta believe mankind hits the ring and tells Taker, "Go ahead, let's keep doing this," mm-hmm. and Taker just wails on him, man, and 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 it's like it's like as if he never left the ring. Uh, even Terry Funk tried to stop it. Yeah, Terry <laughs> Funk got <laughs> he get choke slammed out of his shoes. Yeah, choke slammed out of his shoes, literally. Uh. <laughs> Uh, you know, you know, I I remember that, but you know what I remember the most about that pay per view event? What's that? It was the first time that Austin had lost the title since WrestleMania 15. 14. 14. Yes, 14. Thank yeah, you. it was his first title loss. Yeah, and my friend was so excited about that title loss because he hated Austin. Are you kidding? Yeah, he literally ran out in the middle of the street. No way. In excitement that Austin had lost. So Undertaker comes back out. So does Mankind. Don't ask me how for yeah, his main exactly. event. But they both come back out because a storyline. there's a storyline going around. You know, Austin, Taker, Kane, Mankind. Mm-hmm. It would set up Austin and The Undertaker at SummerSlam for the title. But um, Undertaker comes out with a chair and swings at Kane, who ducks, or Mankind, who ducks and hits... Austin in the head with the chair. Austin's busted open. Referee's on the ground. You know, Austin gets up, tries to start getting Kane to bleed at however he could, and Austin referee sees Austin bleeding. So that's that's, that's the, the end of that. that. New champion is Kane. Yep. And then one night later, <laughs> <laughs> Kane comes out and Stone Cold just kind of like, you know, yeah, bitches him into. Putting his title no, back, on, back the line. on the line, and they win it the next time. He wins it the next night. Yeah, yep. Kane's so. one and only WWF championship. So my friend had one good night. Yeah, that's fine. 
actually, let's backtrack a little bit. Before we get into the, actually the winner of that year's King of the Ring, um, it actually, going back to the Mankind Undertaker uh, match, right, with Feud, what, what version of Mankind did you like? Did you like the ripped up white shirt, rock and sock connection Mankind? Or did you like the original, like, deranged Mankind that started the feud with the Undertaker before Hell in the Cell? Um, I liked, I liked the original Mankind, but I really feel that the Mankind with the white shirt, like the, you know, the, the, the scorned by McMahon Mankind. Yep. Is one of the most entertaining Mankinds. He is. You know, he's iconic for his, uh, you know, matches with that moniker. Uh, with the Undertaker, and then there's the Rock at Royal Rumble in '99. Yeah, you know, yeah, the I quit match. Uh, him being the guy to count three for Austin in '99 at WrestleMania against against the Rock. Yeah, you know, Rock and Sock. This is your life. All that stuff. The Screw Job in '98. All that. Like, I really feel like that mankind flourished a little more. Right. The other mankind, they focused too much on him being a deranged psychopath who was right. after the Undertaker and all that. You know, stabbing himself with a pen and pulling his hair out. You know what I mean? All Actually, going back and we'll go back and watch it. I appreciate that mankind a little bit more, the older, than, more the, than I did. The first yeah. one? Yeah. Um, like, he had some really good matches. And, he really did. You and know, his segments and, and, and um, like that, the interviews with JR. When he put the mandible. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Um, and uh, the boiler room brawl. And um, I tell you what, you know, you make a good point now that you mentioned that, you know, and he also had this fantastic championship match against Shawn Shawn Michaels Michaels at um, Mind Games. Mind Games. Yeah. Yeah. See, how did I get that? I wasn't even watching. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You know what? You know what I liked about that mankind too. Going back to watch it, the exit music. Oh when yeah, the won. fact that he had an entrance and then exit, exit music. music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the very what? like you, you find the exit music. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, the very like, very like slow. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, very calm music that he. Um, Mick Foley's a genius, man. He, that's another thing that you know he was able to bring over. You know, they changed his moniker from Cactus Jack to his Mankind gimmick and. You know, very deranged, sick person. Everybody knew who that was, but he took that and made it his own, and and really flourished with it. His promos in the ring, you know, some of those promos in like a you know empty arena in the ring with the lights off and the, you know, the the the, the window lighting sort of in the ring, like you look like a shadow of the moon outside of this like window and a, like a nut nut house or something. What the hell are you blathering about? Come on. Come on, you don't know what I'm talking about? Well, you weren't watching at that point, were you? No, I really wasn't paying attention to what you were saying. Oh, well, then, you know, just play this music. <laughs> no, no, just take it in. Like I'm taking it in. He's deranged. He was deranged. Okay. It was great. You know what I think about when I hear this music? What do you think about? Bob Paul Bearer, and you know it! <laughs> <laughs> the Uncle Paul! 
went off. The Paul finally turned on the Undertaker and joined mankind. <coughs> My gosh, what a moment! SummerSlam '96. That's that, that, that year. '95. Oh, that was no, it was '96. It, it, it was '96. Yeah, it was the year before. It was that SummerSlam before this. No, '96. Two years before. Wow. Nah, like I said, I I always appreciate the mankind of. You know, rock and mankind, or yeah. rumble and all that stuff. But going back and rewatching some of this stuff, I really enjoyed a lot of mankind stuff in the beginning years, even though it was like, kind of gimmicky. You know. Yeah, but like, you know what though? A lot of people, a lot of people around the industry, not that we know anyone in the industry. No, of course we know. We don't know no. shit about anybody in the industry. But I, but it's been documented that a lot of people in the industry really didn't. Rate mankind, Mick Foley, Cactus Jack, whatever you want to call him, you know, as a, as a as a as a good wrestler. But when you think about it, man, to be a good wrestler, you need to have all the tools in ring, on the mic, on the you know, with the crowd, you know, you know, mind for the business. Mankind had it all, man. Mick Foley had it all. That gimmick, that mankind gimmick. He come, his promos were unbeatable at that time. Of course, you know, especially when he was that first when he first came out as that deranged. Race. He he took that and, and ran with it, man. And, and I gotta say, think, think about this: like what uh, all the guys that had faced the Undertaker back in the day, they were all like big guys. Like, right. This was one of the you know I'm not saying the first guy, but like one of the guys that actually had his number that was smaller than him. His debut after WrestleMania 12, you know, when he came out and attacked The Undertaker after The Undertaker beat Diesel, you know, it was, it was, it couldn't have been done better. And I really think Mankind, one of the most underrated pro wrestlers of our generation, of of any generation. Exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, we have. To talk about the King of the Ring tournament that happened at that at that event really quick. Yep. Uh, so we had a King of the Ring winner. Shinsuke Nakamura defeated Baron Corbin. Oh, I was talking about the 1990, oh. 1998 tournament. Was, but that's all right. Yeah, yeah. We know it's Ken Shamrock. Nobody remembers Ken Shamrock. Well, what I remember about this specifically was it was the first time... Shamrock was able to beat The Rock. That's true. Yes. Because in the previous matches, the Rumble, WrestleMania, Shamrock would win win the match or beat The Rock to either have it overturned or, you know, won by disqualification. Just never got his hands on that Intercontinental title. The Rock, as the Intercontinental Champion, was the the other finalist in the King of Ring tournament. Ken Shamrock was able to win it, so... You know, King Ken. King Ken. Never really, uh, never really did anything with it after that. Nah, no, man, he didn't amount to anything. No, no not even just amount to anything, but he's like, man, just won the thing in the ring and really didn't. That was it. There was, was no it. real, it was really, like, no, like. Well, because, you know, you're not gonna take Ken Shamrock in a time where you have The Undertaker, Mankind, Kane, all vying for Stone Cold's title. You're gonna insert. Ken Shamrock in as a contender for his title, or which is a shame because he should have had some sort of a push, a bigger oh, push. I think so. I think he should have. 
If you're gonna give him the King of the Ring, you might as well. He did not cut a promo for the life. No, but you know, and I understand that I just said that promos are important, but that's what he was doing in the ring, man. He had that getting. I'm in my zone thing where he would. It, I mean, it might be, but if they think he's over enough to get the King of the Ring at that point where the King of the Ring still meant something, so to speak, yeah. I mean, he's the first real superstar, aside from Mabel, to, uh, you know, not really, but even Mabel got his title shot. He got his main event. He really didn't amount to anything after that King of the Ring, so, you know. Right. Maybe the WWF was seeing what we uh, we weren't seeing at that time, and deciding that uh, you know maybe maybe we shouldn't really push the King of the Ring winners that that much. But I don't know. I don't That's know. right. So I did update us all on the uh, Shinsuke Nakamura beating Baron Corbin. So we uh, have a finalist. That's in right. The King of the Shinsuke Ring Nakamura tournament. is going to the finals. He will face the winner of Braun Strowman. And Aleister Black, ladies and oh, gentlemen. Oh, yeah. Let's see if Aleister Black lasts longer than uh, Shane McMahon did. That's right. Braun Strowman wants to be something other than the Andre the Giant Battle Royale uh, winner. But yeah, he wants to be the 2019 6WP. 6WP. 6B Wrestling Podcast. 6 King of the Ring winner. He wants to be the yeah, and he also wants to be the next big thing, which is our 2002 winner of the uh, King of the Ring, which is uh, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar, ladies and gentlemen, your 2002 WWF. No, nope. right. WWE. Nope. Did we switch King it? of the Ring. Yeah, at this point, we are switched. Okay. Let me go. Let me. Let me. Let me. All right, I'm going to jump ahead. You jump ahead. Go ahead. Quite you, frankly, you talk about me jumping fr- ahead. I'm jumping ahead because, quite frankly, I don't even remember this tape here. But um, this is this is why the King of the Ring. I wouldn't say this. This is what could have made the King of the Ring better because this was the first year that they actually had the winner of the King of the Ring gain a title shot right. at SummerSlam. If they had done this all along. Instead, think, of, instead of just push the guy. Exactly. I think the King of the Ring would have had more of a significance in a pay-per-view lineup with WWE than it did. Because winning the King of the Ring maybe got you a push. Maybe it didn't. But guaranteeing you a title shot at SummerSlam, basically the WrestleMania of the summer, would have made the King of the Ring more significant. Well, you know, uh, it really made the Royal Rumble more significant by exactly. taking the, the stipulation after Ric Flair wins the WWF title in 2000, in, uh, excuse me, 1992. The next year, you have to top it somehow, or you have to at least make it mean something. Mm-hmm. And from Yokozuna in 93 on, you have a guaranteed shot at the WWF Championship at WrestleMania. So it's funny how they mentioned to Bret Hart, like you said earlier on, yep. that, you know, he, he he's definitely the number one contender for the WWE title now, and he doesn't even get a match. To come full circle to 2006, uh, 2002, excuse me, yeah. and have the 2002 winner 
actually guaranteed a shot at the title, and then the pay-per-view just disappears. Exactly. The next year later. Yep. Like, you actually implement the stipulation that you decided to to, to, to initialize this pay-per-view with, and then you just dump the pay-per-view and don't have a King of the Ring for another four years, which yeah, is yeah. ridiculous. I don't always have to have balance in my life, but having the Royal Rumble guarantee you a title shot at WrestleMania... And then having the King of Ring guarantee a title match at SummerSlam, it, it, it kind of just goes, you know what I mean? Like, other than that, winning the King of the Ring really didn't mean much. So, other than, you know, a little prestige and a little push, maybe. So, Well, Brock Lesnar, the next big thing, managed by Paul Heyman, defeats Rob Van Dam for the WWF King of the Ring, WWE, excuse me, King of the Ring uh, Championship. Gets his title shot at SummerSlam versus The Rock. Becomes the youngest at the time, maybe ever, WWF champion of all time. Uh, in this pay-per-view, Greg. Yeah. I'm a nice man. Yeah, I'm a nice man. Yeah. 1999, ladies and gentlemen. 1999. Mr. Ass. Yep. King Ass. King ass. King of ass. The king of ass. That's right. So. The one. The one king of ass. <laughs> the one king of ass. Uh, well, what, what can we say about this one? Uh, just another guy that was trying to get a push and I uh, just never really uh, now, did anything with it after the king of the ring, honestly. Now it didn't. I mean, you know, he had some... Went back to DX, man. Yeah, very much. Honestly. So, the King of the Ring 1999, Mr. Ass is the winner. That's right. And uh, he defeats uh, X-Pac in the final. That's right. I'll never forget that Road Dog and X-Pac were the semifinals for that one. That's right. Um, actually, this, this... This is the one where uh, China... Tried to low blow road dog. He had the companies. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I always remember right. that. Yeah. This was uh this was a return to um the quarterfinals being on the show, actually. That's right. They actually brought back the the, the, the eight uh, the three matches in one night yep. sort of sort of thing, you know, and um I'll tell you what, I think um, I think there was not much else to remember about this. this <laughs> there is. Who the heck raised the damn briefcase in the ladder match? Because that was a big storyline. So, going back, um, Vince McMahon revealed himself as the uh, higher power oh, or the greater right. power uh, or whatever, whoever, power. wherever you yeah, ask, the in the ministry of uh, the corporate ministry, actually. Right. Um, but then uh, Linda McMahon and uh, Stephanie McMahon came back and uh, made uh, Stone Cold the CEO of uh, World Wrestling Federation. Federation. Oh, yeah. So, um, battling back and forth during the weeks, uh, Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon agreed to a ladder match with Austin handicapped. And whoever grabbed the uh, briefcase at the time, um, would uh, gain control of the whole company. So, so to speak, it's the first Money in the Bank match. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, but the biggest mystery of the night is, at the end, Austin goes up on the ladder 
to retrieve the briefcase, and the briefcase starts ascending. Uh-huh. And that allows Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon to regain their, uh, their, uh, whatever you call it in the match. And, so the uh, control. Control of the match. Of the match. And they, they, uh, gain control of the briefcase and, uh, win the match and win their ownership back of the, uh, company and relieving, of uh, Austin of his duties of CEO. But, uh, the biggest mystery has always been who was the one that raised the briefcase and um, that was never, ever addressed. Can I tell you something? What? I completely forgot about all you that. completely? <laughs> I sure did. Of course you did. I did. Of course you did. I didn't think this was such a great event. <clears throat> the WWF was on the heels of uh, the tragic death of Owen Hart mm-hmm. and over the Edge pay-per-view. Yep. I think they could have done a little better with this pay-per-view had that not. You know, I mean, I don't want to say that the that was a direct impact of how this show was going to unfold. But I mean, you know, just looking at the, the, the WWF championship match being undertaker versus the rock, the undertaker won that title that night. Owen Hart died. And I don't think a lot of people don't really take into consideration that after Owen Hart died, there was a championship match and a title switch. And it was the undertaker. Like, Like, who remembers that about that night? You know what I mean? Aside from, like, the hardcore of hardcore fans. And, you know, that just championship reign kind of doesn't sit well with me, you know, at all. Because after this King of the Ring event, I believe Stone Cold Steve Austin goes on to win the WWF title mm-hmm. on Raw the next night after this event. Uh, you know, he might have lost control of his half of being CEO or whatever WWF, but in the in the contract was a clause where he gets a title shot and I believe it was the next night where he won the title yep. from the Undertaker. But uh you know all in all a forgetful pay per view for me if you ask me. I liked it. I mean um, that's good for you. I'm glad <laughs> cross county kid likes the King of the Ring nineteen ninety nine. I just think you I don't you what, I just after, think you don't like it because you're falling asleep right no, now. After nineteen ninety eight for me the King of the Ring events kind of go downhill. Yeah, it kind of lost its appeal. It did, uh, man. How, how can you top 1998? How? How? How, how can you top yeah, it? Yeah, how? I can top it. Yeah, with what? Nice. Yeah. That's right. The Olympic gold medalist and your 2000 King of the Ring. Former at this point Euro Continental Champion, Kirk Angel, ladies and gentlemen, Kurt Angle. Yes. Um, this one was a lot less memorable than I Sure, absolutely. Um, I do remember Kurt Angle winning it, and I do remember um, him having some great matches. With him. But, um, other than that, like it wasn't really. Very memorable for me. Me neither. I mean, uh, you know, we had the quarterfinals again. We're in the same night, you know, and Kurt Angle did beat Chris Jericho in the first round. You know, he beats Crash Holly in the semifinals. Like, how do you go from Jericho to Crash Holly? I know, and then he beats the in the finals. Yeah. I think, you know what, this might have been just a little foreshadow because uh, the year after he would have been uh, more memorable than uh, this this year, actually. 
Oh yeah, the 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 the, the two thousand one King of the Ring. Yeah, right. it's crazy to think that you know, like you don't really like look back at this and say this was a great uh, King of the Ring. And it wasn't. It wasn't a good pay per view either. But, uh, you had Kurt Angle winning this one, but then the next year I think he had a better pay per view than he did this one. Well, let's just run down this really quick. The, the non uh, tournament matches here. You know, you have uh, matches like Pat Patterson defending the hardcore title with Jared Briscoe in an evening gown match. Oh, Jesus. You know, but Crash, Crash Holly ends up becoming a champion when he comes in and invokes the 24 7 role. Oh, the 24-7 yeah. title? Oh, yeah, the 24-7 title. The real 24-7. Sure, the first the first one, hardcore right. champion. You know, and then um, you got Kane, you know, Undertaker, uh, Kane, and The Rock against McMahon, uh, Vince McMahon, Shane McMahon, and Triple H. And it's a six-man tag team match for the WWF Championship. Yes. Which to me makes absolutely no sense. Exactly. But you know, whatever. They had they had to have the matches to further the storylines. That's fine. Kurt Angle wins the King of the Ring, deservedly so. That's right. But then in two thousand one, Kurt Angle actually makes another name for himself. I think he does this one on his own, folks. The exactly. winner of that King of the Ring in two thousand one. You know That's right. The future rated R superstar edge. Oh yeah. Mr. Rob Zombie. I actually really enjoyed this music when 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 you think yeah. you know me hit and then this came on. He came out to the, you know, went to one side of the of the stage and then the other side yeah. of the stage. Got the fans. Uh, let's just say I like Rob Zombie more than Ultra Bridge. So. Yeah, nah. I, listen, Edge's Edge's music to me is iconic. You, you know, the the Honest Day, whatever the hell you call it. Yeah. When I think Edge, I think that music, but this was pretty cool. I really enjoyed this. Edge is your 2001 King of the Ring. Shane McMahon pretty much crossed the the match. To prevent him from uh, winning the King of the Ring, um, Kurt Angle wrestles twice, and then he has a uh, street fight with Shane McMahon going into... Uh, Much like the street fight with Braun Strowman and Aleister Black going on right yeah, now. Yeah, That's just outside the ring, man. Exactly. Holy crap, I can't believe this match is still going on. But anyways, uh, so... I don't think going on. It sets you up. Edge wins the King of the Ring, and then uh, Kurt Angle goes into this... Um, another iconic King of the Ring moment with Shane McMahon in the street fight. Oh, yeah. Um, did you know who set that match up? No, who said that? Man? Actually, I just realized I just found this out uh, recently. Actually, um, they called upon Al Snow. Did they really? Yes, Al Snow was uh, the genius behind this match. Agent, agent, yeah, yeah. Said uh, we need some assistance because Kurt Angle didn't like gimmick matches. Kurt Angle was more of a uh, wrestling straight wrestling right. match right. kind of guy. Was Al Snow not in this uh, any of, in the company at the time? No, I think he was more behind-the-scenes kind of guy. I got to say, this King of the Ring was a little better than recent King of the Rings, you know, from 99, 2000. You know, uh, you have, uh, you know, Angle Angle fighting three times in in this night. That's right. Um, You know, the semifinal, we went back to just the semifinals on the pay-per-view, but Angle beat Christian, you know, to progress. And then um, Edge beating Angle, and then 
Angle having to wrestle in the street fight with Shane McMahon, which is one another iconic moment of him trying to put Shane through the glass in the belly to back suplex and um, well, or belly to belly suplex. Actually, suplex. you got a little funny. I don't know if you know this. Did you know that um, Mike Kyoto was the referee for that match? I did not know that. Yeah, Mike Kyoto was the referee for that match, and um, he was told by multiple people backstage, including Vince McMahon, that uh, he was not to put. Shane McMahon through the uh, the glass glass anymore, and the second time around, through the other side, the back side of it, um, Mike Kyoto had mentioned to Kurt Angle, "Do not put him through that glass oh, again." Wow. But Kurt Angle proceeded had to, to get it off no, 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 no. You're not listening. See, go ahead. You're always jumping to conclusions. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> Kurt Angle had actually tried to uh, belly to belly Shane McMahon through the glass from the other side, right? And did not go through. And then he had decided that he was just going to toss him through face first. Ah! But going back, Mike Kyoto had talked to Kurt Angle backstage right. and said, "Did you not hear me when I had said that you not do not put him through the glass?" And Kurt Angle actually said, "I had actually lost hearing in that ear." a long time wow. back wow so i did not actually hear you tell me not to put him through the glass wow That's so um yeah and then um you i bet you don't even do you remember what happened at the end of that pay-per-view you remember the main event the main event was um austin and benoit was chris it? jericho triple and threat jericho, but what happened right. during that match it was so um no that not historic no. but not historic but it was pretty 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 hot at the moment. Do you remember? No, you don't. Remember. I think no. I think I think you're gonna try to tell me, but I think I'm gonna have to correct you. Go what ahead. what happened? That was the match where um, Booker T came out and put Austin through the table. You're right because it was the WCW invasion. One hundred percent. You are right. I, of course, I'm no, right. I'm right. always right. No, you're right. You're right. I thought you were gonna say I that. Was I was only wrong night. once, and that was for the hot. Food. All right, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Uh-huh. You know, we're young in our podcast. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, Austin yeah. was defending the title against uh, Chris Jericho and uh, a man we won't mention. Um, but uh, We already mentioned. I know. Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit. <laughs> you know, everybody's afraid. I was just kidding. Yeah. But anyways, um, Booker T makes his debut, uh, puts Austin through a table. Yeah. Kind of, you know, saying WCW is coming back. And, yeah. uh But Austin ends up prevailing. And, 2001, uh, I'll tell you what, despite the fact that the, the WWF bought WCW right before WrestleMania 17 that year. Mm-hmm. 2001 was really a kick-ass year, man. Yeah. I was I was very into 2001. You know, Stephanie McMahon became the breast woman in <laughs> in the WWF. Yeah, it was all right. Remember that? Yeah. No, I'll tell you what. No, I, all, all, all jokes aside, 2001 with the invasion. I mean, it was a like failed angle. No, nah, it was a failed angle, but I kind of dug it. Yeah. They could have done something with, with better wrestlers, but at the end of the day, they really couldn't because, you know, who's going to come to work when they can get, sit down and pay get paid handsomely exactly. while they sit down? Well, anyway, Edge is your, Edge is your 2001 King of the Ring winner. And uh, right. before we move on to yep. the 2002. We have finals. Now, I do want to say one more thing about the 2001 King of the Ring. That was the first King of the Ring that intro- – and the only one that introduced – a King of the Ring trophy. That's right. Edge won the King of the Ring and held the first and only ever King of the Ring trophy, 
which Christian would smash over him, wasn't it? Christian would, yes. When Christian turned on him a couple yes, weeks later, right. he would uh, destroy the trophy over Edge, mm-hmm. and that started the Edge and Christian feud. That's right. That's good, right. good one. All right. Well, uh, before we get on to the next King of the Ring, what do we got? We got Mister Monster in the Bank over there. One of these two. It's gonna. Let me inform you that Braun Strowman defeated um, Alistair Black. Alistair Black in the semifinals. So the final is now Braun Strowman Strowman and Shinsuke Nakamura. Mm -hmm. When would you ever think you would see that? I don't know, but Braun Strowman from Raw and Shinsuke Nakamura from SmackDown are in the final of the King of the Ring. One of these two men are going to be the next big thing. Nature Boy Ric Flair defeats Eddie Guerrero. And Kurt Angle defeats Hulk Hogan. That's right. By submission. That's right. Was he wearing the uh, the, the headgear? Yeah. Uh, angle at this point was his head shaved? I believe so. Was he wearing the head? He might have been, but anyways, can, uh, you, can you imagine Hulk Hogan tapping out to Kurt Angle with a goofy that ass? That was in his Hall of Fame speech. So, do you believe I made the immortal Hulk Hogan tap out with this on? Oh, maybe, yeah, yeah, you're right, he did, he yeah. did. yeah, but. Also, the Undertaker beats Triple H uh, as he is the un- he is the undisputed WWE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. shit. So yeah, well, basically that pay per view, uh, yeah, two thousand two was rough year. Well, you know, and then it, it was a rough year, but I tell you, you know, it was the end of the WWF King of the Ring pay per views. Um, the the King of the Ring wouldn't come back again until. 2006, as it was a tournament on Monday Night Raw, which I got to say, I actually really liked that concept. I just really thought that it was a good idea to keep the King of the Ring going. You don't have to have it as a pay-per-view. Now that they have the network, even though, you know, in in 06, they didn't have the network, they had it on Monday Night Raw. Booker T took the moniker and kept it going as King Booker, and King Booker was able to you know, win uh, a championship in the WWE, the WWE World Heavyweight Championship as King Booker, you know? Yeah, but he didn't need the King Booker. I mean, you you say he didn't need it, but, you know, he had a lot of fun with it. They could have kept it. It got over. It's not like it wasn't. I would have enjoyed the tournament on Raw or something like that. Um, Why not do the tournament? The winner gets a title shot the following week on Raw. I mean, that's a good idea, is it not? Yeah. Well, from 2006... Where uh, Booker T defeats Bobby Lashley. <laughs> oh my lord! We take you to 2008, Eight. where the power of the punch, baby. That's right. Lord Stephen Regal. WCW days. William Regal wins the 2008 King of the Ring. Yeah, and I think this was a good one for him. You know. I, he deserved to win something, yeah. you know, to call himself, you know, King Regal. I mean, his name is, his name is royalty, Regal, you know? Why not? Right. Yeah, you know, at that point, it, honestly, we were stretching that. I honestly don't think it had anything really of substance other than just something to put on Monday Night Raw. Right. Um, I mean, I know you said you liked it, but I really didn't. I didn't see much of it other than just something to do differently on Raw to have to put on every week. 
Well, he beat CM Punk in the final by submission. Yeah, but that was when CM Punk really wasn't doing much. I mean, he was, uh, you know, I think at that point, wasn't he? He was. He uh, wanted the, the, the bank. Yeah. Champion, but he really didn't get no, but they had a really good series of matches, though. CM Punk yes. and William Regal did. That is very true. They trading did. the WWF Intercontinental, WWE Intercontinental Championship yeah, around. They didn't need King of the Ring. Well, but I th- again, like I think, the, I think Regal, Regal winning King of the Ring was good for him. All right, well, let's move on to uh, uh, that Monday Night Raw. By the way, featured a main event of Randy Orton, Edge, Chavo Guerrero, and JBL. Against the Undertaker, Kane, Triple H, and John Cena. Chavo Guerrero, huh? Yeah, and uh, yeah. the heels won. I was going to say, I'll have to go back and watch that, but I probably <laughs> Alright, well, 2010 would see the next King of the Ring take place. Right. And I'll tell you what. The luck of the Irish. The luck of the Irish. King, King Sheamus. Sheamus. Actually, I remember baby. King. I know. I remember King Sheamus more than do King Regal. Yeah. I don't know why. But yeah, King Sheamus. Well, I know. I tell you what. King, Sheamus defeated John Morrison in the finals of that tournament. Um, it featured um, Raw and SmackDown wrestlers, uh, and it was held on Raw and SmackDown. And basically, there's really not much else to say about this, no, man. I mean, you know, you know what? Uh, let's just group these guys together. There's one more bad news bear, but no, we don't really want to talk about them. Well, the thing I want to bring up about that bad uh, news bear, of course you do. Uh, hold on, all right? All right. Go ahead. Bad I guess news, we're going to draw it out a Well, little. no, because the WWE waits five years between that one. It had been a t- every two-year thing, which I thought was a pretty cool concept. You know, they, they took... A concept that they did in a house show, put it on TV and made it mean something. I think it was cool. Even though it wasn't very memorable, I like the idea of having a King of the Ring every couple of years. They brought it back. Bad News Barrett wins it in 2015. Uh, he defeated um, Dolph Ziggler. I'm sorry, Neville at the end of that. And um, that's it, man. Daniel Barrett's gone, and so is the King of the Ring. <laughs> the, cool, the other cool thing about this King of the Ring is that uh, they had most of the, the tournament, like I mentioned earlier, on Raw, and then the final was on the network. And I don't see why they can't do and it, like just an entire network event, a King of the Ring network event. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I mean, hey, listen, we're here talking about the King of the Ring. Yep. We're having our own King of the Ring, and ladies and gentlemen, yeah. it's the end. I got so I you know I want to say something about this. you say something about Listen, it. All right, the King of the Ring. Um, I mean, it was a topic that was good enough for us to make our second podcast. All right, but we're talking about the one they moved into Monday Night Raw. And all that. Okay, okay. I mean, I, honestly. The King of the Ring, when it moved to the Money Night Raw and all that, it did good for Booker T, I guess, and Sheamus, I think. Sure. Um, they they took the gimmick and ran with it a little bit. It really wasn't much for Regal and Bad News Barrett. Um, I mean, Regal, yeah, you're right. But yeah, Regal didn't need it. Regal's done so much in his career. Sure. He, he didn't need it. Um, and if you're not going to throw in a title shot with it, it was pointless. Um 
But again, like I said, King Barrett, in my eyes, King Barrett and Booker T, I guess, and King Booker were the most memorable of those. Um, other than that, I, I look at the the older King of the Rings as the um, the thing to watch, not these. I, I know we disagree on that, but I, I just didn't enjoy it. I just think it's a good idea to have as something that someone can win. You know, I well, mean, what are they winning? It? We what still talk we, when you when they talk about Sheamus, they still talk about Sheamus as being 2010 King of the Ring winner. Okay, you know, nine years later, they've only had one in between. Like, what's the point? You know what I mean? Uh, Don't even bring it up then. I mean, I know they've had championships that are defunct, but but you know, and, and they'll bring it up for oh, yeah, European champion, this and that. But okay, so titles get dropped, titles get you know, retired, you know. If you're, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna just drop King of the Ring altogether. I think they, I think they should continue having one. I agree, but I think they should do it where it means something. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Here's where we do agree. If they do make it a network event, like at a house show setting or something like that, a special network event, a one one night thing, that'd be cool. But I'd rather be watching King of the Ring this coming Sunday than Stomping Ground. Uh, it's very true. Uh, do I make sense? Yeah. I maybe, mean, they'll, you know, maybe they'll throw an NXT and the winner, get, gets, the winner gets a yeah. uh, main event roster. Spot. Why can't we have Raw SmackDown NXT wrestlers? There you go. Uh, like I said, King it just Ring. has to mean something. Like I, I, I'm sorry. You know, like, and you know what else would be cool is if they did this King of the Ring Revolution. Yep. And threw the women into their own tournament and made a queen of the ring tournament. Very true. Why not? King and queen. Seth King, Rollins King and Becky ring, Lynch. Yeah, here you go. They could. King and queen of the ring. That's right. I think, I honestly do think, like, maybe at Evolution, if they have another Evolution pay-per-view, they should do a queen of the ring tournament. Yeah. They like already have the As long as it means Rumble. something. I mean... But it's going to mean something because it's a, it's just it's just another accolade that a superstar gets to attain. Just like the accolade that this superstar has attained. Ladies and gentlemen, the first ever Six Borough Wrestling Podcast 2019 King of the Ring. Are you going to get this one right? Six BW? I did. Six Borough borough Wrestling Podcast. I'm on my second win, baby. That's right, baby. Who is it? The winner of the King of the Ring. Braun Strowman! That's right. And ladies and gentlemen, Braun Strowman is going to, with this King of the Ring victory, gain a universal title shot that he will be taken away from like he has the past few that he's been given. Listen, Braun Strowman's good enough to win the... the, the no, the... Um, what's that? The... the, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal and the, you know, largest Royal Rumble, the greatest Royal Rumble, but he's not good enough to win a championship in the WWE, but he's good enough for us to win King of the Ring, ladies and gentlemen. 2019 King of the Ring is Braun Strowman. You can put a stamp on that one, man. Well, listen, it's been a pleasure. It's been a, it's been a blast. Recording with you. Exactly. Actually, no do you want to do a little uh, rapid fire? Well, yeah. We're rapid, fire. rapid fire. Yeah, go what, through, uh, stomp, what's, what's, go what's, through stomping grounds oh, and predict geez. our winners. I, don't, I mean, I mean uh, aside from the Undertaker-Goldberg match, 
what matches are different at Stopping Ground than they were at <laughs> Not at many, Super but Showdown, yeah, let's know? do a little... Let's do a little uh, little uh, rapid fire real you quick. I promise that we can we can uh, you know outro to Braun Strowman. You want to outro to Braun he, he's, he's he's our king of the ring, man. Yeah. He's our king. He's our king. Yeah, he's worse, royalty on this show. The only thing worse than Braun Strowman is his damn theme song. Wow, well, uh, you love his theme song. Yeah. You know you love his. All theme right, song. you ready? Let's let's I rapid fire this. YouTube in it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to rapid fire through Stomping Grounds, which is Sunday. So if you want to subject yourself to the uh, three hours of whatever it is, um, you can. And we'll maybe see. Four. Maybe four. <laughs> we'll see uh, how me and Ralph pan out. All right, you ready to go? Yeah, I guess so. Biggie and Xavier Woods versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. She didn't even know that was happening. Yeah, I'm going to go Biggie, Biggie, Xavier Woods. I'm going with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Well, F you, man. All right, Roman Reigns, <laughs> Drew McIntyre. Again? Yep. <laughs> Drew McIntyre is going to win this one. You think so? I, I mean, you know. He's out of victory. I'm going with Roman Reigns. All right, you go Roman Reigns. Uh, Univer- or United States title match, Samoa Joe versus Ricochet. Who? Ricochet. Oh, Ricochet. Who I thought you said Ricochet. You know what? I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to have to go Samoa Joe. I like Ricochet. I want him to win the title, but I think I'll have to go Samoa Joe. Yeah, I'm going with Samoa Joe. Ricochet ain't doing shit in the WWE. All right, uh, Bailey and Alexis Bliss, women's title. Bailey, down. Bailey will win. You know yeah. why? Nikki Cross is gonna somehow mess that up and further uh, a possible feud there. Yep. Uh, too early for Bailey to lose the title. So yeah. I'm going with uh, Bailey. Uh, Steel Cage Matt, Kofi Kingston, Dolph Ziggler, which will probably I be am the looking uh, match forward to this night. one, man. I can't wait for this one. I mean, I got to go with Kofi Kingston, but that doesn't mean I necessarily want Kofi Kingston. Mm-hmm. I love Kofi Kingston. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a great champion. I think he deserves a title. I think he deserves a long run. But I will not be mad if Dolph Ziggler comes off, comes out with this title. Right. I think he deserves everything, Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. Um, I love Dolph. I love Kofi. You just love Dolph because he's been – commenting on your tweets. Yeah, you know, but retweets. anyways, no, I've always liked Dolph Ziggler. No, yeah, uh, no, honestly, Dolph Ziggler. Hey, Dolph Ziggler could come out and win a King of the Ring. Yeah, he could. You know, he and, had a and chance. I'm sure he would, I'm he sure had a chance yeah. tonight and he didn't. Well, he didn't, but I'm he sure he would. The... I'm sure he somebody. I'm, I'm sure he <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um I'm going with uh Kofi Kingston. Um as much as I think uh, Dolph could um could be the champ again. Um, I just don't think Kofi's title reigns ending yet. So no. Um, the rematch. They're Becky- saving that for Shane McMahon. Exactly. Oh, good <laughs> lord! So uh, that Roman Reigns could beat him for it. Yeah. Rematch. Uh, Becky Lynch and Lacey Evans for the women's title. I think Raw. Lacey Evans takes his title. No. Yeah, I'm going with uh, Becky Lynch. All right. And finally, the horrid Seth Rollins, Baron Corbin. Universal title match. You know, poor Seth Rollins, man. I, I you know. Oh, don't show. I'm sorry. Seth poor Rollins. Seth. Rollins. Baron Corbin is garbage, dude. So is Seth Rollins. No, he's not. Hey. Seth Rollins is awesome. Hey. It, Seth Rollins need to be beat up by some somebody so that so that uh, uh, Brock Lesnar could come and cash his money in the bank. And it's not Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin is crap, dude. I hope Seth Rollins squashes the shit out of him. He ain't gonna squash the I'm shit. I'm not out a of fan him. of Baron Corbin, yeah. especially ever since he cut his hair. I'm not a fan. Yeah, but you know he's what? They're a, gonna. He's they're... a 
douche. They're gonna incorporate the 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 the, the uh, referee into that. It's probably gonna be Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Baron Corbin did once retweet me, telling me hey, give me some grilling tips. So why are you hating on Baron Corbin? <laughs> uh, I don't hate the guy. I just hate the gimmick. Oh, I do. I hate the gimmick. I think he was a better gimmick when he was the lone wolf, the longer hair, the. You know, dude, he was was massive, and he was it was impressive. Yeah, cuts the hair, puts the suit on, becomes a constable, gives him a mic. Ah, to me, I Baron Corbin came could have come in and Lars Sullivan people, and it would have been good. <laughs> not not Lars Sullivan type, but it would have been good, man. Yeah, he was I mean, trash back then. He's still no. trash. So now, Baron so. Corbin, if you ever get a wish with of this, which I doubt you will, <laughs> but I mean, I could tag you in something. Yeah. Don't think I hate you. I just hate your character. I think you I think your character needs a little little edgy edgier character, man. You I don't know. All right. Something's up with that. Right. Wanna you wanna you wanna Well what we replay we replay uh, exactly. Yeah, but uh if uh, Baron Corbin ever catches one of those, which he won't, um I don't don't just hate his character. I actually hate him too. So. Oh, well, you know you're anyways, a prick. So. Yeah, so. <laughs> anyways, so. listen. Why don't we put a wager, a little friendly wager, on the ones that we uh, disagree on? I don't even remember what the ones we disagree. Well, on. we'll listen back and we'll come up with a wager. We'll leave it on our Facebook page. Okay. We'll we'll announce what the wager is on our Facebook page. By the way, last week we mentioned that we were on Twitter at six borrow wrestling six b o r o wrestling. We're also on Facebook. Twitter's not really picking up that much, aside from Greg's conversations with Dolph Ziggler. Greg at Cross County Kid on Twitter. Me at Rafa Napoli eighty three on Twitter. But uh, our Facebook page is really what what's uh, getting us notoriety right. here, man. Right. We're so, about to get a uh, Yonkers Brew uh, sponsorship. Mean, we're to try really hard. Yeah. We're also going to talk to you guys at Heroes Hideout. Why not? What's up? But anyway, um, visit us. Visit our Facebook page. Visit our Twitter page. Facebook. Just type in six six t h six borough wrestling b o r o u g h. Are you sure you got that right? Did I get that right? I think you did. Six six borough wrestling podcast on Facebook. Yes, uh, that is right. You can look for me. Rafael Rispo, it's R-A-F-F-A-E-L-E, Rispo, R-I-S-P-O, on Facebook. You can also look for Greg, Greg Casal, G-R-E-G-C-A-S-A-L-E. Yeah. Uh, but we can't tag him in that Facebook hey, because uh, something's up with it. That's it. But, uh, you know, we like us, follow us, talk to us, give us feedback, give us ideas. We're going to record again next week. We might be doing our WrestleMania show next week. Yeah, right? We'll we, see how it goes. But uh, we'll come up with a topic. We'll announce it. And, uh, right. We have we had a lot of fun doing this. Yes. It's another late night. More technical difficulty. Yep. We're only learning. We're right. growing. Right, Greg? Exactly. Lost Ladies County and gentlemen, kid. your 2019 first ever 6BW King of the Ring. The Monster Monster Among Men. Monster Among Men, baby. Braun Strowman, who will have a title shot yanked from him yet again. All right, for Lockwood, Ralph Rispo. The Cross County Kid, Mouth of the South Hudson. We are out. We're out. We'll see you next week.